the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Gorilla Technology. Proactive and strategic IT. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. We're at episode 414. I'm your host, Paul Spain. And with me today, we have... Matteo Catanuto. I'm the sales director for Pacific. Thank you, Paul, uh, to have us here. Oh, it's a, a pleasure. And I'm um, Eric Chang, the spokesperson for Xiaomi and the Mi Store for New Zealand. Excellent. Well, thank you, uh, thank you both for for uh, for joining us, um, Matteo. Maybe you can uh, give us a little bit of background on where you fit into this world of uh, uh, technology and uh, and and telecommunications uh, in in New Zealand. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Matteo Catanuto. I'm Italian, as probably everybody can pick up from my accent. Uh, I like to say that I, I have a funny Kiwi accent. <laughs> uh, I'm here representing Pacific. Uh, Pacific is a satellite operator that will deliver to the New Zealand uh, uh, high-speed uh, uh, internet connectivity in uh, the second half of next year, in 2019. Right. And we are looking forward to work with uh, all the internet service providers to be able to deliver a reliable and affordable internet. Great. Well, we'll look forward to uh, diving in and, and learning a lot more about that during the, the show. And uh, Eric? Hey, I'm Eric, and uh, I'm the, from Xiaomi and also the Mi Store. So um, Xiaomi is the fourth largest smartphone company in the world, and uh, we just recently opened a Mi Store in Sylvia Park and um, uh, having a grand opening. And uh, now we are here to make sure we're here and we're going to stay to make sure that we have all the smart devices um, bringing to New Zealand. Yeah, I think it's uh, you know, it's a very interesting uh, step forward to see uh, New Zealand sort of, I guess, get treated as a first-class citizen within the, the Xiaomi uh, um, world because in the past there were you know a small number of devices here and then you know as of last weekend that's uh, that's really opened up. So uh, look forward to discussing that now. Um, uh, so a bunch of other news to talk about as well. So you know, let's jump in. Um, first up, uh, Samsung. Last week we, we, we've been here hearing about for a long time this idea of foldable, foldable phones and you know screens that can bend and, and fold and I remember seeing at CES some years ago a um, uh, a device that had a you know um, uh, a, a bent screen of some sort I can't quite remember whether you could actually you know bend it live or whether it was it was you know pre-shaped but it was you know it was an unusual looking sort of uh, demonstration and uh, then it would have been last year I, f- I came across um, one of the phones that had uh, it was folding and it had uh, basically had two screens so it sort of um, um, you know you could bring bring those two screens together as a, as a bigger more t- you know tablet Type screen. Uh, there are a few, you know, ways you could utilise that, or you could have it mirror it and have, you know, view one from one side and the other. Um, and then, yeah, last week we've, we finally saw something unveiled from uh, uh, Samsung in terms of this idea of a folding screen phone. And so, in in terms of what they uh, what they showed off at their developer event, it was actually uh, you know one bigger screen that folds up and sort of sits inside the device, and then an extra screen uh, on the on the outside. So. An interesting demonstration. Uh, they've indicated the the, the idea of uh, producing uh, something like a million of these within the first half of uh, 20, 2019. Uh, so it's it's an interesting uh, you know concept to me because I think 
we rely so much on our smartphones now, and and to a to a degree, if you look at the numbers, uh, tablets have sort of been you know dropping off a little bit in in, uh, in, in popularity. Uh, so I'm, I'm I'm kind of curious, uh, Matteo. What what do you what do you think? Are you looking for well, that look, sort of device? Do yeah, you want one on your pocket? Uh, uh, really. Uh, Probably technology is evolving a lot, and uh, you are right. You know, we are tending to see uh, what what we call it tablet. You know, is, yeah. is between a phone and a fab- and, and and a tablet. And uh, yes, they are getting bigger and bigger the screens. But really, I think that uh, we are losing the essence of the phone. You know, just like what is the difference? Uh, you know, these days the phone are so powerful that basically you are going to have in your hand a device that most probably is more powerful than your laptop. And uh, so. I don't know if I want to have uh, one of these devices in my in my pocket. I'm still pretty traditional, you know. One phone with one screen for me will do the trick. Uh, yeah, but just uh, for sure. I mean, with the evolution of the technology, I'm sure that I will have a double screen or a folding screen in my pocket, like everybody was. Yeah, I mean, it, it is interesting, isn't it? That uh, we, we're getting, a, a, I guess, a broader variety of options, aren't we? And and so, um, you know, although you look at most phones and there's so many similarities between them, there are also a lot of different price points. And, you know, you can get a, um, you know, a device for, you know, one, two hundred dollars that's you know, a lot more powerful than, you know, than what the top smartphone was, you know, just a few years uh, prior and, you know, those those different price points up. So um, it is interesting to, to see uh, to the, see these things. Um, I mean, Eric, do you have any thoughts on, on you know, where you, where you see this uh, uh, the, this going? Obviously, you know, me brand have a, you know, have a, um, you know, a variety of, of smartphones, um, you know, across from the uh, the Poco phone, the the Redmi phones, and the and the um, um, you know the Mi Mi Note uh, devices and so on. So that there's already a, a good selection there. But um, you know, do you ex- expect uh, the brand to be getting into the, these types of devices and, and more variety as uh, as we move forward? I love innovation, so I think it's a good thing that Samsung has actually bought in uh, a foldable phone. I mean, uh, coming out uh, Samsung is very innovative as well. For us, um, I think we want to make sure that things work simple. We want to make sure that um, it's it's got innovation in there as well. So Samsung bringing in a, a foldable phone, I would love to see how is actually the, the, what the customer's reaction would be and to actually see it, someone using it and being applicable um, in the real world. Uh, for myself, um, I would probably say not my cup of tea at this stage. But um, hey, you never know. This is, um, there's going to be more advancement, and um, the the phone itself looks very interesting. Mm, yeah, and uh, look, you know, some of these things you you look at and. Yeah, you you wonder who it's going to be relevant to, but there'll always be you know some some people who buy it. We, you know, look at the size of this the smartphone market. You know, they're talking about this you know million devices. It's a very small percentage of the the annual sales of smartphones uh, uh, around the world. But uh, you know, no no doubt there will be uh, there'll be some people that are. Uh, that are in, interested will get some uh, benefit from it. Now, this weekend, or well, just the weekend just gone, uh, Rocket Lab uh, had finally had their uh, their first com- commercial launch with uh, with um, 
uh, from the Mahia uh, Peninsula uh, with its biz- business time. Uh, so that was uh, that was pretty exciting, and uh, we you know we had expected to see that earlier on the year. There were some delays, uh, but now that it's happened, uh, Peter Beck's already talking about that the, the next uh, launch you know potentially could happen this this same month. Uh, so they're, they're really looking to uh, to ramp things up, and uh, you know in, in terms of innovation uh, that's that's happening right here in New Zealand. This one has got to be pretty high up on the list, I would think. Look, I think that is fantastic for the New Zealand uh, um, for the New Zealand knowledge of uh, around the world. You know, I mean, if you really, for example, I recently went to SpaceX where uh, our satellite uh, or the company that will launch our satellite, mm. and at SpaceX they were asking us, ah, "Are you coming from New Zealand? Do you know anything about uh, uh, about the Rock Lab?" So I think it's fantastic to be on the international scene and to conquer the the space i guess mm, mm. is for sure will come more and more and more you know the, the the rocket will become bigger and will be able to launch big satellites so really looking forward to to a fantastic journey of rock lab i think will be fantastic for the new zealand uh, for the new zealand presence in the space um, in the space world yeah yeah um I mean, just so incredibly exciting. Now, for Pacific, you've already got what you need sort of li- lined up with yes. Space, SpaceX. So, um, you know, what's that? What does that look like in, in terms of putting things up into uh, in, into orbit uh, from your perspective? Yeah. So the the satellite will be built by Boeing and uh, is already under construction, underway. Uh, the um, I just have been uh, to Los Angeles a few weeks ago just to check the progress uh, with, uh, with the rest of the Pacific team and some of our potential customers. Uh, the satellite is uh, almost there. They're doing the wiring. They have already installed the tank and so and so, and uh, will be launched by SpaceX uh, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and the provider of our, uh, of our delivery of the satellite has been already locked in. Uh, very interesting company, unique experience, of course, SpaceX, uh, uh, really innovation, innovation, innovation is their motto. And, uh, and especially they are able to drive the price of uh, put things in orbit down. You know, now we can see that they start to, re- to reuse uh, old rockets. Mm. So they are refurbishing these rockets and they are reusing it. Then, of course, it will drive the price down and ultimately this price will be then cascade to the end user yeah yeah well i think you know between spacex and and rocket lab we're seeing some really incredible innovation and of course there's a whole lot of others that are trying to compete uh with rocket lab but they all seem to be uh you know a, a fair long way behind in terms of being able to launch these sort of um smaller smaller satellites eric is this uh, is this an area you've been watching with interest too uh, yeah, sort of. So I, I think that um, again, I love innovation. So uh, and and I think we have the same model, which is you know we want to give the best to our public, and the the, the price uh, factor is a, is a key part, and driving that price down and giving access uh, access to the to the end user and the consumer is a key part. So I'm de- definitely definitely a big fan of um, that model. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of curious to see. 
you know how how the picture will look if we were to look out sort of you know five years or 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 ten years because um, you know, Rocket Lab seems to be in an incredibly strong position at the moment. But mm. you know we hear about uh, you know competition coming from China. Um, you know we hear about varying sort of different uh, methods of of launching um, rockets, and you know of course. Um, you know, Branson and, and Virgin uh, are involved with trying to launch, uh, you know, rockets uh, from from airplanes so that they don't have, uh, you know, so uh, uh, so far to sort of go and to you know pull a, pull away from uh, the earth and and and, and so on. Um, but it seems to be Rocket Lab that's uh, that's really you know leading uh, lead, leading that way in terms of launching the um, the small satellites. I think their uh, their final pricing and you know we I think originally heard of sort of sub five million dollars. Pricing, uh, but they're talking 5.7 million US dollars uh, per per launch, and uh, looks like they're going to be ramping up, uh, you know, pretty pretty quickly. So, uh, uh, you know, I think the first uh, the first goal was around getting uh, uh, getting to uh, you know one one launch a month. Uh, so look, if they can uh, if they can launch another one this month, that would be uh, that'd be pretty impressive. The other thing I noticed that was was interesting, having sort of followed their other launches, they have these launch windows, right? And and uh, and you know, I think most cases, or all or probably all cases, um, at the beginning of the launch window, the weather or whatever the other factors were weren't right, so they would come back the next day and try it again, and it, and it kept get pushing out. And so when you know when they said the launch window was opening on uh, on Sunday, I thought, Oh yeah, whatever. It's not going to launch today, and uh, boom, you know the, the launch Thanks. window, and they were they were just away. Uh, so it was you know incredibly exciting to uh, uh, to see. And um, on on that front, we have a, a new episode of the New Zealand Business Podcast coming out this week, uh, where I spent some time with uh, with Peter Beck, and uh, you know talked through a little bit of his story and and learned a bit around. Uh, uh, you know his his journey. Uh, you know he's someone that hasn't gone away and and you know gone off and done all sorts of university degrees. He's someone that uh, you know knew uh, and had a good a good picture on where he wanted to head. Uh, he went out and 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 found the things that could uh, could teach him that, and he learnt. Uh, then he went off to. Uh, uh, you know, to the US to, to have a look at, at, at some of the uh, um, spaceports and, and varying places, and um, um, yeah, very uh, very interesting to to, uh, to to hear how he's he's pulled that together and now you know running what is um, um, you know the last valuation I saw was north of a billion dollars, so uh, you know quite a quite a successful uh, operation, <laughs> and certainly uh, especially now uh, that they can tick off that they've done that commercial launch. And you know, I think he's also talking about being cash flow uh, uh, positive, and moving into um, uh, profitability, basically. You know, this this year. So uh, that's a that's an amazing uh, amazing story. Now onto uh, onto other forms of transport, and I don't think you're able to catch a ride on uh, Rocket Lab's uh, Electron <laughs> just yet. Um, although I'm sure there'd be one or two people that would uh, that would risk their life to try if they were given such an opportunity. <laughs> uh, but you yeah, just might not be able to get back down again safely. Uh, there's a whole lot going on in the transport area at the moment, right? I think it's just, it's very exciting. Um, but you know, some things are working, some things aren't. Last week we talked about um, Ola, who the uh, the Uber uh, competitor, and um, I've I've invited the uh, um, the the general uh, manager, I think his title is, or the the, the head of uh, Ola for New Zealand on 
on the show. Um, he wasn't able to do that last week or this week, but I, I think we may well see him uh, next week. So let, let's see how they go with that. I'm very keen to hear because um, I was actually pretty surprised with their, their launch. Uh, when we look at the the, um, the numbers that we knew, that they launched in about 50, uh, uh, 50 locations approximately in India, uh, half a dozen in the UK, uh, I think maybe half a dozen locations in Australia, and they were choosing to launch simultaneously in New Zealand in three cities, Auckland, Wellington, Christchurch. So I thought this is a company that must have it together. It's all going to work very, very well. Uh, I haven't heard from anybody yet who's told me, Paul, I've, ju- I've used Ola and it's worked brilliantly. Uh, when I personally uh, tried and it, and it was uh, a meeting that I had with a, a friend who was you know, very, um, uh, we were just catching up for a, for a lunch meeting and it wasn't a, a long journey, but I thought, oh, this is, you know, if, if I'm a little bit late, you know, he'd probably be reasonably forgiving. Um, but actually it was, it was half an hour after I'd ordered the vehicle uh, that I eventually gave up and uh, the service didn't work. I tried I'd, you know, contacting the driver as you can with Uber and calling the driver. Uh, the first few times I tried, I got engaged. Then I got through to somebody, um, and the communication was well, just didn't really work. Mm. I didn't get clarity of where this person was. Um, you know, on the on the map, I was seeing a picture of where the vehicle was just around the corner here. So I thought, oh, I'll, wand- I'll I'll wander around. I wonder what's what's wrong. The, the, you know, the car that I was told was there was not was not even there. Wow. Uh, so you know, I left thinking, well, okay. So the other cars that I'm seeing on the map that suggest this is a this you is know real. a busy a busy real service. You yeah. know, because you look at yeah. the Uber app and you see all the cars and and you know they're not necessarily in the locations that are on the map and you realize well is this whole thing smoke and mirrors are, are there really any drivers here what's you know what's going on uh, so yeah it was really really odd and it, and it had said for most of the time the app was saying that 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 uh, my ride was here; it had arrived, and even three hours later, it was still saying the same thing. Uh, so I have no I no idea. I haven't gone through my credit card bill to see if I've been billed for the journey. Uh, but on that billing side, the the other bit that I thought was interesting. Uh, was the pricing. So uh, for this particular journey, which was sort of a minimum distance, right, it was walking distance. And, and, and in fact, I caught an Uber there because I you know, was so late in the end. Um, but, I, you know, I just walked back. It was um, you know, probably a 10-minute ten, ten uh, walk. And uh, I think Uber quoted me $6.50. Maybe that's their minimum fare now um, for the journey. Um, but it was it was ten dollars uh, with the, the the other service, so they they're so still more still working actually. some some interesting bits and pieces out. Now uh, you know they're doing a launch special where you get half price, sure. So you know in the end, you know if it had arrived, it would have been would have been slightly cheaper because they're doing that for the first thirty days. Um, but you know their their whole um, you know thing that I guess they've been promoting is that they're going to get put more money into the drivers' uh, pockets. That's good. Um, which which I you know, I like that, um, but obviously some uh, um, some technical challenges to start with. So you know, it, it highlights these these things aren't aren't, aren't easy, right? And um, yeah, I think sometimes we 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 assume uh, that look. You know, hey, they've done it elsewhere. This is easy stuff. But uh, you know, I, I know, for instance, Uber have a, you know they have a lot of people here to try and you know make everything work and uh, interacting with all the drivers and, and and so on. It's actually a really uh, you know really really challenging thing to make it uh, to make it successful. When Uber first uh, launched in New Zealand, 
Does anybody remember? Was there any glitches? Was it? I, I, I felt it was quite successful. You know, friends and it's, uh, family it's, was yeah. recommending. Seemed you know. to work pretty pretty well here. Um, yeah. Uh, the the, the um, what's the competing service that we've got? Uh, we've had locally the New Zealand. Um, uh, owned one. I'm trying to remember the name of it. Um, it'll, it'll come back to me anyway. But the um, uh, the other service which we which we've had um, um, certainly in Auckland. I can't remember what other locations. Uh, Zoomy. That's it. Uh, when they 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 first um, launched and you know sent me something and I tried it out and it was sort of it was a little bit average. But a lot of people now seem to use that uh, in preference to. Uh, uh, to Uber and they prefer to you know support a local company and of course you know Uber's uh, been somewhat controversial and and mm. you know their uh, their leadership haven't always uh, uh, probably done things that uh, many would consider entirely ethical so uh, um, it, it actually that actually left me wondering is there something going on behind the scenes here uh, noting some of the things that Uber have done in the past to try and disrupt their competition for instance in uh, in New York and I think some of the stuff probably went both ways but you know, are, are, are they doing some of those dodgy things of trying to, you know, trying to book journeys that aren't real uh, and so on? It, 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 it cropped through my mind, you know, is there, is there something uh, or some somebody trying to uh, disrupt this launch? But, uh, you know, it, it, at this stage, it doesn't look as um, as successful as one might have expected. So um, a bit of work for them to do there. But I hope that they actually um, do improve because, you know, I like Zoomy and uh, Oli being in the market is actually good you know for new zealanders oh i think so yeah yeah um so we will uh we'll, we'll keep tracking that one yeah. <laughs> anyway i'll go and download the app as well yeah yeah i mean i think it's it's um you know it's worth it's worth having a look at and um you know we we should be um you know supporting more than just what's the uh, what's the easy choice, mm. and I think look, it's good having Zoomy because that's a local business, yeah, and uh, you know I'm all for supporting uh, local businesses as well. Um, now on the the Lime front, they've caught a little bit of flack uh, in the US for recalling a whole bunch of their uh, electric scooters. Um, which were, you know, I think they were originally given feedback back as far as September that they had some scooters that weren't weren't well well built. Uh, one particular, uh, you know, brand brand of uh, scooters, and were breaking and and so on. And they've they've now uh, come out and addressed that and pulled them uh, all. Um, here in New Zealand, I believe that they're running. Um, they were running a previous generation of the um, uh, the nine bot um, e scooters um, than the Correct. current one, and that has some uh, similarities to the the me uh, scooter products that's just launched uh, in in New Zealand. But they've um, they've also launched in Australia, and something that a lot of people aren't aware of is that Lime uh, actually started uh, with a bicycle. Uh, rental service. So, uh, uh, and then they they pivoted across into uh, into the e scooters um, uh, quite quite quickly. And then they've taken, I guess, what you could call a somewhat Uber uh, type approach, in that they they've tried to get in and dominate markets very very uh, quickly. Uh, for those that are interested in hearing a little bit more about that, um, on the New Zealand Electric Vehicle Podcast, I think. Maybe two episodes ago, there's pretty interesting um, chat there with the, the launcher for um, uh, for Lime here. Um, but in Australia, where they've just launched, they've gone down the track of doing e-cycles as well as the e-scooters. Uh, so um, yeah, and I think they're following the same um, 
uh, dockless model because in some some parts of the world we see uh, you know docking e cycles, which means you have to bring them back and put them back into a dock where they'll they'll charge. You don't need anybody else to be involved. Um, but that dockless model seems to be working reasonably well, where they you know they they pay people to go around and, and pick up the uh, the bikes and juices, and get, right? Yeah, juices, juices, the charge, which is uh, yeah. That not, sometimes not, can be a little bit challenging. I think. Uh, I mean, uh, I use the Lime scooter, and I think that uh, he um, he anything that is electrical will 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 come a long way in New Zealand. Uh, I'm not out. Uh, the challenge that I'm facing with the e-scooter that normally they are not charged. You know, the lime are not charged, so you have a difference of performance from the morning till the night. Yes, and that yeah. is what is really is 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 inconsistent. Then that's probably that's why probably I'm thinking as we were discussing before. Probably should I buy one? You know, at least I can look after mine. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, yeah, and I think that you know raises some interesting questions. A market like Christchurch, where where it's mostly very flat. Don't try going up the Port Hills, but you know, <laughs> you know, generally uh, pretty good. Um, Auckland, Wellington, uh, Dunedin, and you know other parts of the country are sort of you know variable. You know, some some of some places certainly got plenty of um, you know spots that are uh, that are that are reasonably flat. Um, but some, yeah, certainly some uh, some some challenges there, and that sort of got me thinking over the over the weekend. Um, you know what this picture might look like in in a few years' time, and um, you know, or, or you know, go, going forwards. And you know, I'm I'm not clear on what that what that picture is in terms of what our mix of transportation might be like in five or or ten years' time. But it did get me thinking. Well. We definitely would have a well. There's, there's there's clearly a gap in the market for something that's uh, maybe got a little bit more power, or a device you own yourself that that might have a little bit more more power and so on. And so there were two, there were two things that cropped up that um, um, that 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 address that to a degree. Um, one was what you were selling, Eric, at the at the Me store, which is uh, uh, the Me uh, scooter. Um, because that that's something where people can go in and buy them themselves um, quite accessible so um, you know, Greg here in, in our office at Gorilla um, has the the, the nine bot uh, Segway and uh, that's a, that's a slight step up from uh, what you're selling in terms of uh, performance because he's got the extra battery loaded uh, on it and I think he's over, you know that can go over 30 k's an hour um, but not you know not not too much uh, different as a product was was the the me scooter and um, you know you've launched those were retail just under seven hundred dollars here and uh, I mean there were literally hundreds of people queuing up to to buy these things on the weekend uh, you know I walked down the down the queue of people wanting to get into the store and I asked a handful of them what are you here to buy and uh, the most common comment was I want the scooter because uh, you were doing those at $599 so yeah, that that's quite a game changer. And even over the weekend, I noticed uh, from you know a week ago, uh, going around uh, Auckland, uh, you would see these Lime scooters. But that was that were those were the e-scooters you would generally see. And then uh, you know from from 
I think later on Saturday afternoon when I was out and about on my car, I started seeing um, uh, the me, me scooters, the white ones and the and, and the black ones and, ju- and just noticing maybe because I'd just bought one too for the office because I spoke to the team on Friday and said, you know, would one of the, these uh, be a useful mode of transport to get around to meetings? And, uh, you know, the response seemed very very positive that uh, that, that we should add that to our, our mix of technology to be testing out. Um, so, uh, so I was certainly, you know, noticing them. But, uh, you know, that, that seems to have, uh, um, you know, turned things, you know, around in terms of, uh, you know, I guess the sales of these devices because, you know, just a week ago, uh, you know your typical price for a, for an e-scooter in Auckland was somewhere between one and two thousand dollars, and you see plenty of ads online for you know ones in in that sort of fifteen hundred to two thousand uh, dollar price point. So they're, they're now much more accessible. And then uh, the other thing that cropped up, uh, and this was just in the news today, was these e-mopeds. Uh, so you know the idea of um, you know basically a uh, not not the not the, the the sort of little scooters that we're talking about, but more uh, uh, you know what are traditionally a petrol powered um, uh, moped or, or, or scooter um, type uh, type bike that are uh, that are electric, and so that's uh, that's just just launched. Um, on the north shore of uh, of Auckland, or they're just in the process of uh, of, of launching that. Um, now um, further afield as, as well, I think they're going going into a num- number of cities over the next uh, next few months, and uh, that that seems to uh, you know address that thing where you need something that maybe goes a bit further or goes a bit faster um, because basically it's a little you know small motorbike and you can go fifty k's an hour. You can't go on the motorway, but you know you can go on normal roads. And uh, um, yes, you do need to have a, a driver's license of some form, a car license, or. A, or a motorbike license, so that fills sort of another gap, and you know, of course, autonomous cars will at some point uh, land as well. So we seem to be filling out that picture uh, quite quite quickly. Um, any any yeah. any any thoughts on? Look, uh, I, we, I agree. Know? I agree. I mean, I think uh, living in Auckland, the biggest problem of living in Auckland is the is the parking. Okay, so if they will segregate some some space where we can park the, with this e-scooter, that yes. would be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. But you know the the advantage of have a a e-scooter like a moped that's a different story because really you can you can you can leave it on uh, on a footpath. So yeah. that's a big advantage. Yeah. So the, yeah. it depends really with this e-scooter what is come up about legislation mm. you know and what will be decided they are car they are hybrid they have to follow the rule of the road and probably yes because you need to have a drive license to drive it mm. Mm. Uh, so basically it's nothing else than a rental car mm. that's that's the way that I say it with the moped is totally different it's a totally different gadget and is a I guess it's a totally different toy can take you from A to B. It's quite nice. It's uh, quite nice to ride. I think that we are going into the right season. Christmas is coming. For sure, will be a perfect Christmas present. I think that Eric will be very happy about that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've actually we've actually sold um, uh, all our allocation for the for the Christmas because during our grand opening, um, we actually decided that we'll release our allocations um, uh, for the Christmas season because there are so many people actually lining up. And, and waiting and wanting to buy and when we sold out we made a quick decision to say hey look look we we cherish our fans we want to make sure that the customers are happy so we we actually took all the stock from our warehouse just to dump it into the um the the sylvia park 
so that we can accommodate. So we actually sold uh, roughly around about 800 units online and in store in the, for the grand opening. Wow, so that, it was great more, reception. I think that's more than the Lime scooters that exist in Auckland. So they just you know doubled the uh, the e scooter population of Auckland. <laughs> yeah, just to, I think uh, just about because I, I yeah I, I would have imagined that there was. Um, yeah, they're probably I don't know less than one or two hundred. You know, outside of the Lime scooters, probably uh, you know based on certainly anecdotal of what I've seen around Auckland. So that's, that's really you know pushed up the the numbers. And have some of those been uh, being shipped to other parts of the country. Where were you? Where were your online buyers from? Oh, it was just everywhere. Um, yeah. Especially in Christchurch, we had a really really good um, reception in the, in the Christchurch side because again um, I mentioned that you know Lime has really taken the, 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 the topics, you know, mm. it's the headlines and uh, everybody understand what a electric scooter is and Auckland and Christchurch, right? So they prepared the market for you. <laughs> yeah, pretty <laughs> made much. A little, made it a little, bit, uh, a little bit easier. It was, yeah. it was really yeah. funny and interesting because um, we had a couple of customers that um, uh, emailed us and said, uh, We've, we, um, we noticed that you've sold out of the electric scooter when you can actually do a pre-order. I said, I'm sorry, we, we need to wait for the ETA at the moment because um, the, the containers need to be shipped and being produced. Uh, they kindly send me a, a photo of going, hey, look, I think it was a train me, train me ad. Yeah. And it was a, a, the same model for um, $995. Right. Maybe they bought it from the, our, 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 uh, our me store. <laughs> I say I'll, I'll hurry. I'll, I'll do as as quick as I can, and you know we will push the well, production. Yeah, well, it certainly has made them a lot more accessible, and uh, you know, looking online by the you know, I guess not the easiest product to be shipping into into New Zealand. Basically, they need you know they need to come in, buy the container load on a on a ship, expensive to to get here. Um, so yeah, there really wasn't a, a, a low cost way to uh, to get access to those in New Zealand. Yeah, you're actually not allowed. You're not allowed to. Um, uh, go on the plane with the electric scooter. Mm. It's banned. So the batteries. Yeah, mm. exactly. Yeah, so everything yeah, sure. has to go through the 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 sea shipment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now on to uh, on to few few other uh, products. We'll, we'll uh, I just wanted to to run through. So uh, last week spent a bit of time with um, uh, with Apple. And uh, they they last week they launched a whole whole raft of new products, um, and I finally got hands on the um, the iPhone ten uh, R. Uh, I guess the the interesting thing to me around that one is that it, it's really got uh, you know the large majority of the features and the capabilities of the uh, um, you know the ten S um, product. But at a much more accessible price point, so that's landing in the market here in New Zealand, thirteen hundred and ninety nine dollars. Uh, so it's certainly a um, yeah a more accessible product than the uh, the iPhone ten from uh, uh, from last year. It lacks the dual uh, lens on the on the back, um, but they're doing some you know some fancy stuff in terms of being able to do that uh, portrait mode photography where you can nicely blur the background and uh, uh, so on. So. You know that it, it seems likely that sort, that sort of price point that uh, uh, Apple fans are looking to replace their uh, their, their handsets um, will will you know probably be flocking uh, to that at that price point because it comes in uh, at about half the price of the uh, the top uh, iPhone now, which is the the 10s Max with. Um, uh, half a terabyte of, of storage, so you know, a, a broad sort of range of price points there from Apple, and then you've got access to the the older models as 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 well. 
um, which yeah, I generally wouldn't recommend people buy uh, old tech products for all sorts of uh, reasons. But uh, uh, but there you go, you know, pretty um, um, broad range. But the thing also that stood out with that is they've got uh, I think it's I'm trying to remember now five or or, or six uh, different colours. So because I guess they expect to sell so many, and they've been able to you know end up with a with a bunch of um, you know different uh, different variants and three three different uh, capacity as well. 64, 128, yeah, yeah. So it's quite a number of you know different things for them to keep uh, you know stock wise. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, telcos seem to be uh, seem to be on board with that, along with the ability to buy through their um, you know their Apple Store out of um, uh, out of Australia. Um, now, two products that I was personally very pleased to see uh, is a new Mac Mini and the new MacBook Air. Now we've talked about those on the podcast in the past, or the non-new variants and how Apple seemed to be sort of not showing a lot of respect for their uh, uh, for their customers by you know by continuing to sell what really were very uh, very old and outdated products. Well, you know they've they've certainly addressed that, and uh, you know the the new Mac Mini um, is is really a very very uh, very slick upgrade, and um, you know a nice nice fast uh, product. Uh, I haven't had a chance to really spend a whole lot of time um, with that yet, but. Um, you know, we'll, we'll be over the um, over the weeks ahead, um, and the new uh, MacBook Air, um, you know, I think fills a fills a nice sort of um, uh, slot within their within their varying offerings because now they've got something that is actually uh, you know modern and 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 current product rather than selling something that's you know multi generations old in terms of the. Uh, um, you know the CPU, so um, you know a much much faster um, uh, product, and uh, um, you know certainly carry, carries through some of the features out of the, the MacBook Pros and, and so on. Um, so yeah, that was quite pleasing, and uh, and of course they've um, they've refreshed their iPad Pro uh, line. And um, this is this is an interesting product for me because you know it, it's you can see the sort of the inspiration from Microsoft's uh, Surface uh, Pro line in terms of the the, the keyboard and the uh, uh, the stylus or the pencil as as, uh, as Apple calls it and and I guess that. Um, uh, encouragement to a degree for people to con- you know to to maybe move to that sort of device as their you know as a as a comp- full computer replacement uh, and of course that varies from person to person whether you you could operate on that um, so I thought well let's try this out and uh, I've got a, a big 32 inch uh, USB C docking monitor so you know I can plug that into my my MacBook Pro which um, you know I've been using as my primary machine um, for the for the last couple of months since it came out and I've got a um, you know a number of, of Windows based um, devices there, um, a Surface Book Two, an HP device that are also uh, USB C and that can be uh, you know pl- plugged into that monitor to, to um, varying degrees. And so I thought, well, I wonder how how uh, this new iPad um, Pro will go. And uh, of course, when I when I dock um, you know a Mac or a PC to that monitor. Um, the the uh, the Mac is off to the side, and I'm using the keyboard and the mouse with my nice big screen, and that was where I realised the uh, the immediate challenge with the iPad in that particular use case uh, is it doesn't support a mouse. So um, you know, having your primary screen 
as a big screen with the with the iPad uh, doesn't work very well unless you're you know you're actually holding on to the iPad yeah. uh, Pro because you have no way to you know to select things and so on on the screen. So um, if you are thinking of that use case and you're jump you know sort of uh, jumping ahead to to being in a world without sort of you know traditional Mac or PC apps and you you think you're ready for that because you know I think there are you know plenty of people that, that don't necessarily need the older school uh, apps and most of what they do is in the cloud and so on um, bear that in mind if you like to have a have a have a big screen um, it, it may not be a fit so uh, just something to be uh, to, to be aware of now on to um, uh, Pacific um, I think it would be uh, be good uh, Matteo to to hear a little bit about what uh, you know what you're doing what's what the yeah. plans are for, uh, for for New Zealand because uh, you know look satellite internet's been around for you know a, a long time I'm you know I'm trying to think back to uh, you know I think it was um, iHug who you know Vodafone you know bought out um, well, I've lost count of how many years ago that was, but uh, yeah, they, they certainly sort of played in the space of sort of satellite-based internet for uh, uh, for what were predominantly uh, you know home users uh, going back many years. And uh, you know, I think their model was you had to have a uh, you had a dial-up connection for uh, for data in one connection, yeah, and, then, and then you had the satellite, which was going to give you sort of a you know a faster a faster speed, a boost, um, a boost yeah, uh, and and a level of latency. See, uh, and then you know we've got used to um, um, you know airlines having some satellite internet that uh, you know some of which has been you know incredibly poor. And yeah, yeah I was on some Emirates flights earlier on this year, and uh, um, you know it was very interesting having connectivity, but around one megabit or, or, or so per yeah, second. Yeah, so a few challenges there. Air New Zealand um, who come with you know, much you know more modern uh, iteration and uh, you know dealing with um, you know twenty megabits a second and you know I've done some interesting sort of Skype video calling tests unofficially on their uh, uh, on the on their um, you know their, their satellite uh, uh, network from a, a board of flight and so on. Um, so we're seeing that. So very interested in terms of what yeah, uh, so what, what, what you can what you will launch here and. What, you know what? What challenges you expect Look, there might sat- be? Satellite has been around for ages, and uh, as anything in technology, technology is evolving. Okay, so we are finally pleased to announce that uh, in the second half of next year we will launch Pacific uh, uh, One, our first satellite that basically will be able to deliver high-speed internet connection at affordable price to New Zealand and the Pacific region. You know, and, and let's say the Asia Pacific region. Now, you're, so, you're, you you mentioned to me previously that this is the sort of thing that might be able to compete with the VDSL type connections that we have today. So this is not sort of the the old school satellite in all regards. Yes, you've got some latency because of the distance between you know where we sit on the planet and and how and high orbit. up yeah. uh, you know the the satellite is in in orbit. Um, but it but it's it's going to be quite a change, isn't it? Yeah, in terms so of we'll be, we'll be a price. total change because what we say we without going too much into technical details, but what we are using we are using high throughput satellite, basically big amount of power that can transfer big amount of data very very fast. 
the big advantage of uh, our satellite uh, that we will disrupt the market. So we will arrive. Um, first of all, we are not an ISP, so we are not an internet service provider. We will sell our services to our internet to the serv- internet service provider in the New Zealand and the Asia and the Asia Pacific. What will be will be at affordable price. So we need to demystify the satellite. You know, the satellite service basically the advantage of the satellite is that it can reach anywhere. If you can see the sky in, in, in New Zealand, other than Chatham Islands and yeah, you know some yes. of the distant islands, but you get down to Stewart Island and and you know uh, right up to Cape Reinga, yes. right? Uh, we like we like to say that we cover uh, uh, New Zealand nationwide. Yeah. So the the. The big advantage and the big difference is uh, from a satellite with other technology is that actually satellite can reach anyone. If you can see the sky, you can have an internet connection, okay? So, uh, of course, the satellite, as you were mentioning before, has uh, some constraint, and the constraint is the latency, and nothing can be done in the latency because the speed of the light is dictated the latency or the distance or the time that your information takes to arrive from A to B. So this is this is something that is uh, that is uh, uh, at the moment is not workable on. I'm sure that in the future, if you are here, probably in ten years' time, will be will be sorted. <laughs> some we lo- some lo- closer closer satellites to uh, closer satellite yeah. or you know fastest fastest responder, fastest <laughs> something that we don't even know the names today <laughs> that will help us to achieve that. The big advantage that we believe that satellite uh, is going to fill some gap that in, that uh, there are in the New Zealand market and uh, in the Asia Pacific region. But let's focusing on the Pacific, uh, sorry, on the, on the New Zealand market because we are here on the New Zealand podcast. So what I can see, I can see that we will be able to deliver connectivity, you know, for to farmers, to to anyone that live outside the rural area. I can hear in advance time travel and so on to listeners that are at home there'll be a few people applauding and very uh, very pleased about being able to get we are not far away because there are there are certainly some parts of the country that uh, you know aren't going to be getting uh, you know Ultrafast broadband fiber uh, anytime soon, uh, and and you know certain uh, ones who aren't able to access the other you know offerings in the market, or they've got some time to wait. You know we look at what the government are doing uh, with the ultrafast broadband initiative or the rural broadband initiative alongside that. Um, you know, and and they're going to you know reach a lot of a lot of people, but that uh, that takes a number of years to uh, uh, to get that completed, right? And then yeah. there'll be other people. People that'll be you know outside of that, so this is going to um, going to going to really fill those gaps. That's correct. And, so and I guess also you know scenarios, you know somebody with a boat, backup, with boat, a, airplane, you know, yeah. I mean anything, and you know uh, any method of transportation can be used as satellite as a connectivity. So as as a multiple application, you know, we need to consider that the satellite, yes, is delivered. Uh, is delivered at the internet, but also can monitor the CCTV, you know, can be used mm-hmm. as a backup. Uh, you know, try to imagine, for example, in a situation of a disaster, uh, earthquake or whatever, and, and all the telecommunication are down, for example, in New Zealand, if you have a buried case with a dish, with a modem, you can basically point the dish and the modem will deliver you internet, you know. Yeah, so yeah. And, and I guess one, one of the other, uh, you know, things that, that 
as a challenge um, outside of the big centres in New Zealand uh, is data caps, right? So we've had a real, um, you know, I guess it, it varies from person to person how much they use, but I think there'll be there there are certainly use cases where people need you know, more data than they can uh, they can get today. Satellite traditionally be you know very expensive from a, a data perspective, and and we will have listeners who uh, who have satellite connections now, and uh, you know Netflix is out of the question for them, and and so on. What are you able to do on? So on I mean, that of course. Of course, we are selling these services to internet service providers. So ultimately, they will be them that they will dictate the price, uh, the price to the public. Uh, we have uh, uh, created two specific plan for uh, for the New Zealand that we believe are catering probably eighty five to ninety percent of the people that they need an internet connection. You know, and this plan has a very very simple two flavor. One is uh, up to 40 meg download and 15 meg upload. Uh, so those are the, those are the speeds. Yes, yep. or 80 yep. meg and 20 meg. You know, and okay. the most important things we see worldwide the trend where the uncapped data is a big benefit. You know, I mean, even today we can see a lot of uh, internet service provider that still have capped plan, uh, but eventually will be migrated to uncapped. You know, mm. everybody has start to consume the data more and more and more. You know, right. and 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 decreasing the usage of the voice. Right, right. So I guess that's up to individual uh, internet service providers. But but you would you would imagine that those those two uh, uh, plans retailers would would pick up. And uh, I think we chatted before. You were talking about that the the, the lower speed option, the forty twenty. Um, yeah, you'd expect to see that coming yeah. into the market. Maybe. At 150, something like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. expecting this type of price. I mean, of course, the internet service provider will decide ultimately because yeah. they know the cost, the running cost. Yeah. But this is more or less the, the you know the market that we that we believe uh, that uh, has to be taken in mm. New Zealand. Mm. So of course we have we have we are having a lot of conversation within the service provider. And uh, we are presenting our services. Our services is not far away now. You know, it's only 10 months away from launch. Mm. So we basically, what we are trying to do, we are trying to upsell the full capacity for New Zealand. Yeah. And uh, and be able to work with the service provider. The big advantage is that, I guess, Pacific was able to understand and listen our customer customer. So, you know, that's what is our focus, understand what the end user need and what are their expectations and what we believe is reasonable for them and what they can afford. So that's why we have, uh, we are working with internet service provider, but always with in mind our customer customers. Mm-hmm. So. Excellent. Well, it's going to be very interesting. I, you know, I guess what I would encourage is any listeners who are, um, Within the segment where they they are looking forward to this becoming available, would be to get hold of their internet service provider and to let them know that they're you know they're very interested in what Pacific is doing, and that you know if Pacific if that that internet service provider is going to partner to uh, to try and you know get on the list, whether it, you know I'm sure some internet providers will do uh, you know maybe trials and, and and tests and so on. Certainly that was something that we we saw with ultrafast broadband. Uh, um, so they try and get themselves at the front of, front of the queue, and I guess the more noise people make, the more likely an internet service provider is to be uh, able to provide this. Um, you know, quite soon after you launching, because I, I think one of the other things we saw with ultra fast broadband was, you know, when it first became available, 
uh, a lot of internet service providers didn't bother to offer it. Well, not you either. know, it was in the too hard basket or, yeah, we'll be launching that in a year or two and so on. Uh, and there were one or two that did very well by being right at the forefront uh, and offering it. And, uh, you know, they, they sliced out, uh, um, you know, a segment of the market to, to themselves because they were uh, they were first movers. So, yeah, I hope we'll see a good, uh, you yeah. know, a good, good, I mean, of good course, range uh, of options. We are in contact with uh, quite a, a high number of uh, internet service providers, so unfortunately at the moment I'm not in the position to release the name yet, uh, but uh, I can guarantee you that we are very, very close. So very, very important in a satellite world is planning. Mm. So that's why we are working in advance with them to be sure that when we will launch, we will be ready we will be ready for service, basically. Mm. And, um, you know, of, of course, um, you know, some listeners that are outside of New Zealand, Pacific Islands and, and so on, uh, they can certainly uh, look look Absolutely. forward to, uh, you know, coverage sort of, a you know, a, across the Pacific the Islands. Pacific and region, uh, this yeah. is really going to be, a, you know, a, a game changer. Um, and, you know, in some of those locations. And, you know, I think of, um, I don't know, are you covering the Cook Islands, Rarotonga yes, and yes, so on? Yes, we do. Um, yeah, Rarotonga, yeah, so Tonga, Vanuatu, That one's going to be very interesting because the know, caps so. there are very very small and the speeds are very low so and the price very um, expensive <laughs> you know basically getting a connection like this will be uh, you know will, will be a, a huge change for, mind uh, yeah um, you know for for, for um, uh, you know business there and and what consumers are able to economy do, so. education you know I mean yeah. we need to you know all you know accessibility to what is online today you mm. know at the moment in, mm. in the Pacific Island I guess some of the Pacific Islands are left out from the cloud conversation because, mm-hmm. I mean, of course, uh, there is no reliable internet connectivity. I mean, uh, big, uh, big plaus to all the ISP that are in the Pacific because, you know, they have really, really an hard, hard work. You know, they are working with a small amount of population with the challenge that we have in terms of technology that we are facing here in New Zealand, you know. So mm-hmm. their cost mm-hmm. of running a network is quite high. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, they'll, um, yeah, there, there's always some um, uh, challenges with new technology, but um, yeah, I'm hoping it all come, comes online, uh, you know, well and nice and quickly. Um, now, Eric, keen to uh, keen to hear hear from you around, um, you know, the, the Me Store launch in New Zealand. Um, you know, this is this is a store that represents Jao May's brands, uh, you know, in New Zealand. Um, and I did a little bit of digging, as I, you know, as I tend to do when you know I hear these these things, and uh, you know, of course, delved in. Well, who owns this the 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 me store here? And oh, okay, that's the owner of uh, PB Tech. So you know, pieced together a few bits and pieces around uh, how that's working. And I, you know, I guess what I saw was um, you know, Jao May are, are, are moving quite quickly around the world. I think is this the 29th store to uh, um, to launch, or 29th, the 29th country as a country or yeah. or store? Uh, 29th as the country right uh, yeah and so we are the first in the uh, oceania yeah fantastic. and then uk just launched their one they just launched recently. The, basically the same virtually the same very, time, very right? similar very yeah. similar so, um so uh, you know this is interesting to me because we don't have an apple store in new zealand yet um and you know in fact they're they're you know we haven't seen um a lot of new you know tech brands launching at a retail level in new zealand um but through this 
you know, what appears to be a partnership model behind the scenes. Um, you know, we've seen Xiaomi launch here, and as part of that launch, uh, the the range of products that are available locally is suddenly sort of you know shot up. Um, I mean, you can probably probably you know cover off some of the products, but you know there there was uh, I guess the things that that stood out to me. Um, you know, we're having the electric scooter, um, the Me Robot vacuum, which I've seen you know previously seen. Um, you know, good reviews of and and commentary of uh, is the the varying smartphones with Pocophone uh, F1. Um, you know that was made available for the store opening. I'm not sure if that's going to generally be um, available. Redmi phones, uh, Mi Note Five, um, and and um, you know oh, all, all sorts of well. other things, wearables. Mm. Um, you know, all sorts of gadgets and cables and, and, and so on. Um, but it, it just stood out to me that, uh, you know, this is the first, uh, you know, Chinese uh, brand that is, is launching, you know, a, a store. And in fact, you know, really one of only a few um, global uh, electronic brands to, to have um, this sort of retail presence in New Zealand. It was actually interesting because, uh I mean, the, the queues were nuts. There were, and, and I mean, I left before the official uh, opening time of the store. I think it was supposed to open at, at, at 10 a.m. Um, and, you know, you had a bit of a media sort of gathering at, uh, you know, 8.45 until sort of 9, 9.30. And then, you you know, you kicked the, well, you didn't quite kick the media out, but, uh, you know, you opened <laughs> the doors a little bit early for the public because at that stage there must have been, you know, over 500 people already queuing. And I think in the end, you you know, I heard figures of 1,500 uh, people and, you know, people way out into, and there the, was. In, and into the streets. Yeah, so there was. It was, uh, was, it, was, was, it, was a, it was a queue. It was a queue that reached um, uh, past uh, Starbucks at the um, the self entry. Yeah, and um, we immediately immediately thought that hey, look, we better quickly open the store up because yeah. the, the queue is going to go up, and we don't know what the weather's like. And yeah. we decided we, we didn't really kick you out, but it was no. more like um, <laughs> hey, look, we really want to make sure that you know our fans and the public is is, is really important to us. So, I mean, when it comes back to the um, the topic where, you know, we, um, we've been working with PB Tech and uh, they've been selling Xiaomi products and, and now we're kind of like partnering up with them to make sure that uh, we have a bigger range. At the moment in the store, we've only got roughly around about 40 to 45 percent of what the Xiaomi products uh, is ranging. At, right, in, in so there. there'll be more to come, but this is all... Products specifically for the New Zealand market. They've all got you know, New Zealand plugs and all the all the right sort of stuff. It's not like the old parallel importing oh, no, bits and pieces no. and so on. People, right? people has been parallel importing the products for 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 many years now. Yeah. I mean, since since it's uh, all the pop- popular products. But um, what what's really interesting is that the procedure that's gone through to make sure it's locally certified. Uh, tested um, New Zealand warranty. I think that's really important, um, and also having a shop in the in, in one of the biggest shopping mall in, in New Zealand. I guess would Sylvia Park be the biggest one of the biggest shopping mall? Yeah, I, I yeah. would. I would very much think so. And, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I mean, this is a standout store because I, you know I was going to say with with the queues uh, yeah. outside. You know, there was a there was the little uh, in the middle of the mall, little kind of. 
booth thing or whatever you call it where uh, there's a little s- sort of Samsung uh, presence for <laughs> you know smartphones and you know I don't know who runs that whether yep. it's them or not and I think um, Huawei have something as well but then you know you walk past that and then you know there's there's like a you know a, a full uh, brand store for for me was certainly uh, was certainly impressive uh, ab- absolutely I mean in in the more area the reason why we, we have chosen that location um, is because we wanted to demonstrate to the public that um, you know uh, Xiaomi or me is um, not just about selling smartphones there's actually a whole ecosystem that goes around that and and the product we have to uh, we, we're, we'll be a disruptor in the, in the market for sure because we sell products that's close to um, prices half or even one third of what you will normally buy um, and we partner up with big brands like Philips and Sagway um, to make the Mi electric scooter with with Sagway and mm-hmm. Nine Bolt, mm-hmm. and but we drive it down to close to half half the half the pricing and innovation quality and affor- affordable. But really, um, coming back to the topic of why we chose that location is because we wanted to educate and show the public that you know products, um, smart products doesn't have to be expensive. And innovation can be in your hands in everyday everyday New Zealanders. Um, well, it certainly you know makes um, you know access to technology um, you know something that becomes a little little bit more everyday, right? And there are there have been you know, all sorts of products available in in, in New Zealand for uh, for for many years, um, but. In terms of when you you know you you look at those those price points, they're not uh, not always so so accessible. And look, of course, you've always been able to go online. You can order you know this and that from AliExpress and so on. Um, but to have a, lo- a local presence and uh, and those you know local products, I think you know was quite uh, pleasing. Now, I was going to talk about the new um, Fitbit wearable on this episode. We sort of run out of time, so we'll cover that on another uh, episode. Um, but what we will be doing over you know over future episodes is having a look at some of your products. Um, you know how you know are they disruptive? How do they sort of compare with with the other products? Um, for instance, you did have a fitness you know wearable that you're selling in the store. Um, it's considerably. Uh, uh, you know, yeah, cheaper um, than what Fitbit are doing. So, um, you know, I think there's an there's an interesting story there around, um, you know, what what are those differences between, um, you know, the higher price products and what you're bringing into the market. Uh, you know, generally the the sort of reviews and coverage I've seen uh, tends to reflect back pretty well on the the Xiaomi uh, uh, brand. So, you know, we'll be having a look at some of those individual products and and seeing how they. Uh, uh, how they how they stack up? So um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting uh, interesting one to uh, to to look uh, to look through. But I think you know at the moment it's uh, it's looking pretty interesting. Now um, tell me a little bit about the ecosystem because um, you know this isn't just one or two individual products. You know I, I noticed for instance uh, with the e scooter, uh, you know I was I went to to find an app and I'm. I, I guess I'm quite used to uh, finding brands having a whole lot of different apps. So it's like, oh, where's the, you know, where's the Me Scooter app? And then I couldn't find the app. And and then I realised there's one app that covers like the, you know, from what I could tell, uh, pretty much the whole ecosystem. So you fire up the one app and you can add in the scooter, you can add in the, um, you know, home security camera. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing the fitness wearable. The scale, you know, yes, the scale, through, right? The, the fitness wearable, the um, yeah, scale. All sorts of things. I couldn't find the scales in there though, um, so maybe maybe uh, you'll have to show me where where that was. I was scratching my head on that one, but sure, sure. Um, um, but yeah, it was just 
oh, and I thought, wow, this is this is really, you know, not some you know disconnected sort of thing where you've got all these different uh, apps. Um, but it does seem you're thinking you're really you know the thinking for uh, the brand is to create a, a cohesive ecosystem, uh, which was which was was pleasing, and uh, you know there must be some some challenges to how that happens behind the scenes because as you mentioned you're partnering up with, with companies like uh, uh, Ninebot Segway uh, and they have their own app, but you know you've managed to incorporate all that all that together, which is um, Paul. Do you do you notice slick. that? Do you notice that? In the ecosystem, like that surrounds the smartphone, do you notice that there's only one product line in each category in Xiaomi? Right, right. Right. So the aim is to really make sure and hammer down and get it right that one product line and to hit 15% market share and get the volume and the price driven down. That's that's the whole point of that whole whole ecosystem. And and when you talk about the ecosystem wise in in, in, in Xiaomi is they have to make sure that they talk to each other in a smart way. So we call it Internet of Things in today's term, right? So IoT products. So we call it IoT products in Xiaomi. And and yes, it is. It goes into one app, made it simple. So it's for iOS or for um, for Android. So both can be downloaded in both platform. And it's really to try to improve your life and make it simple. And plus, we want to try to get ex- as much uh, accessible and, and affordability to, to all the end users. Um, and for the ecosystem-wise, there's actually a lot of um, lifestyle products like screwdrivers. We work with, um, um, we call it 24-set, uh, it's called Weha. It's a German brand that is um, it's established since 1939. And basically they make like over 14,000 different um, uh, special uh, screws, screwdrivers, and tool tools. sets, yeah, uh, special yeah. tool sets, and they made one product line. It's magnetic, it's compact, it doesn't rust. Again, it's affordable. So, th- I think it's really important to know that Xiaomi is not only just smartphone, but really working with great companies to bring great value to customers. I think um, that's that's why we decided that we have to invest and have a, a store in Sylvia Park, and um, good customer service. Um, to show them how it works, so show all the public how it works and and the way that it works in the Internet of Things nowadays. Mm. Well, I think uh, you know, very interesting to um, you know to see this move, and yeah, I'm I'm certainly kind of you know curious how uh, uh, how things will you know play out over the years ahead. Um, you know, we've known China as as being a um, you know the sort of manufacturing uh, hub for the planet, basically uh, over over recent years as um, you know manufacturing um, you know in, um, in in so many locations as, as Sort of, you know, uh, dried up, and uh, you know, China's obviously been very successful there, um, and and we've been seeing sort of, you know, brands growing uh, within China, but there haven't been there haven't been a whole lot of brands that you could say uh, are household names that are uh, uh, that are Chinese firms. But now we're sort of starting to see uh, to see that that change. So I'm kind of curious how things will play out um over the over the years ahead but um in the last four years yeah um xiaomi has opened uh almost over 300 uh 300 store globally in 30 different markets uh in uh, countries and there's almost uh 80 million users that's following xiaomi and uh and in, in, in uh 80 different markets right and 
how does it's, how do you think that'll look in New Zealand? Um, do you, you know how many stores would you imagine that we have kind of the um, you know the population for you to um, to cover? Have you got you know plans for other lo- other locations in the not too distant future? Um, people have asked me why why we opened in New Zealand first, and the answer is very clear because this, the fans has been screaming, shouting, and saying, "Hey, look, open a store here, bring in more product lines. We we need we need uh, more product lines. Your products are great." So we decided that to open the store in 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 New Zealand in Auckland, but we because there's are, none in Australia yet, right? Not yet, not in Australia, yeah. not yeah. in Australia yet, and um, there's a first in Oceania, but. We are already starting to plan to open a lot more stores um, in Wellington, Christchurch, you know, other other regions of Auckland uh, and, and New Zealand as well. So there there is plans in place. Oh, that's uh, you know, I think it will be will be of interest, uh, you know, for those that are uh, that are that are outside um, outside Auckland. And look, hopefully, it puts a little bit of pressure on some of the other um, uh, some of the other brands who uh, we would like to have uh, open. Uh, stores and be a bit more accessible in New Zealand to uh, to follow in Xiaomi's footsteps and do the same. All right, well that's great. Um, thank you both for uh, for joining in uh, on on the episode. Now, um, Matteo, um, where do we you know find you or find Pacific yeah, sure. online? How do we uh, how do we keep in touch? Or if there are any internet service providers that are that are listening, maybe haven't uh, connected with you yet. Are you on LinkedIn or where, where yes, do people so connect with you I'm directly? on LinkedIn. Pacific uh, has a website. Uh, we are on Twitter. We are on basically all the multimedia yeah, channels so available. Yeah. Yes, and yep. Facebook and then so and so on. So if you want to contact us, you can contact us at info at Pacific and uh, and eventually the email uh, will arrive on my laps and uh, <laughs> I will uh, I will deal with it so excellent looking forward to hear f- from all of you excellent and um, Eric the me yes. store's got a yes, you know we web, web presence yes absolutely so we have uh, our own website it's called me-store.co.nz uh, and you can also email to sales at me-store.co.nz if you have any inquiries um, you could find all the address and where to buy products uh, on the website as well. And you click on the where to buy. Good, good. Yeah. That's excellent. Well, um, yeah, let's, and um, just a little reminder for um, uh, for listeners who are sort of interested in hearing um, a little bit more around Rocket Lab that we, you know, we have that uh, episode that's launching uh, this week on the New Zealand Business Podcast, the chat with uh, with uh, Peter Beck there, uh, and also the um, New Zealand uh, EV um, podcast, which uh, had interesting discussion there around the Lime scooters. Uh, and if you are interested in um, uh, EVs and well, all sorts of stuff, then uh, Big Boys Toys is on this weekend uh, in Auckland as well. And a huge part of that show uh, now is focused on um, on electric uh, vehicles. So. Um, that should be an interesting one this week. All right, that's us for this week. Uh, thanks, everybody, for signing in. We'll uh, we'll catch you again next week. Uh, you can track us down at uh, nztechpodcast.com. Uh, you can find me, Paul Spain, across uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. See ya. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.